to the uh, you know to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, and yes! Touchdown, did it get it? Yeah, what's going on? Welcome on in. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. On a Thursday, still plenty to talk about as uh, we get ready for Utah State's really first fall scrimmage for fans to attend, which will be Saturday. Uh, we continue to break down the top 25 Aggies for 2022. Number seven on our list will be revealed today. Uh, we'll get into the stat that blew. No, we're not doing the stat. We're doing pick six today. <laughs> it's a Thursday. Pick six is what we're going to do. Try to predict things that might happen this weekend. Always invite you to play along with us. Um, the uh, some betting outlets, Caesar Sportsbook, um, notably, trying to predict win totals for NBA teams, which is a curious thing to do right now with several stars who could still be on the move. Uh, but uh, where, what do they think about the Utah Jazz and some other NBA contemporaries? So there's uh, a number of things to discuss, and there's also a list out there about um, group of five coaches who could be on the move if they have another successful season. Number of Mountain West coaches on the list, so we'll examine who is on that list and how likely it may be that they could be on the move. So a lot of different things to cover. Always love to get your thoughts, your feedback, your questions on our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. Uh, feel free to chime in. Uh, let us know where you're listening. It's always kind of fun to know where our audience is at, what, where you're at, what you're doing. Um, and we we debated, you know, is a... Is somebody who participates in a rodeo on a high level of uh, athlete scale as compared to somebody who performs without the other means of another animal or highly tuned machine? And we had the uh, Cache County Fair and Rodeo starting last night. I was looking through some of our photo galleries, uh, and I'm like, yeah, you have to be a special kind of person to subject yourself to that kind of punishment on a on an angry animal, especially if you're a buck riding, uh, you know, uh, 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 buck and bronco is what I'm trying to say, or if you're on the back of a, an angry bull, um, that that is a special level of talent to be able to do that and to do it well. But you're still relying on the animal to some degree. See, here's the tricky thing. Whenever you're having these discussions on what's a sport and how great is this person as far as an athlete, um, everything and nothing is a sport all at the same time. Because there's people that argue that, um, oh, what's the name of the guy? The, the guy who keeps winning all the hot dog eating contests. Oh, yeah, Joey Chestnut. Yeah, they say you know he's one of the greatest athletes of all time. Well, no, because eating hot dogs he's, isn't a sport. He's a professional eater. It is a competition. Yeah, and is he incredibly good at it? Yes, of course he is. But don't just say it's a sport and he's a great athlete just because it's a competition. 
and the thing is, it's it's really hard to narrow down like what is a sport because honestly, by if you try and narrow it down to any definition, then a lot of the things that we've kind of consensus considered sports, maybe golf or NASCAR, actually kind of get thrown out. So in the end, it is a bit subjective. It's a lot like art. You know, what is art? <laughs> what is art? What is art? What is a sport? The answer is everything and nothing at the same time. You can't really come to a definition without, you know, you yourself not liking the results of your definition or just including everything. Right, because everything is a competition, therefore everything's a sport. Right, and, and, and anybody who participates in that must be an athlete. Yeah. Right, if you look at John Daly, you want to tell me he's an athlete? Yeah, and JHS is not an athlete. <laughs> I mean... Or somebody who who sits in a in a vehicle all day long, making left turns, are they an athlete? Yeah, and that's the thing is that all these things require you know when you get to the highest level an incredible level of skill of some sort. You know, with golf, they're not really athletes. Are they incredibly skilled? Absolutely. You know, the consistency with they're able to pull off with the golf shots is just you know someone who plays golf and is frustrated that I can't hit the ball. You know, within a forty yards, you know, fairway, these guys are, you know, just the accuracy they have is insane, and on much harder courses than Logan River and Birch Creek, so <laughs> they're they're a little they're a little trickier. But I I, I like I said in the open, I have a high appreciation and a very high level of respect for anybody who subjects their body to what you go through in a rodeo setting, even if it's barrel racing or calf roping uh you're you're doing things that strain the body it's not easy to do you're getting jarred around and then some of those sports very high risk of serious injury if things go awry so high level of respect for those who put themselves through that do you respect those who eat 70 hot dogs in 10 minutes (laughs) they're subjecting themselves to a very different level of uh of, uh, I mean, I've got harm. a pretty high level of gag reflex, so <laughs> that I they can do that is I impressive. I almost gag watching because a lot of them like dip it in water or something like that. It's like that is disgusting. Uh, yes. You are ruining the hot dog experience, which I mean, obviously it it helps them, you know, eat it. It's it's you know. And how do you prepare for that? Eat a lot of hot dogs. I mean, do you? That man is probably keeping some, the like, hot dog industry qualified? going. Can you like? Look at a hot dog the same again after going through that. I don't know if he can enjoy a hot dog anymore. If camp, any of those people can enjoy, he's hot hanging dog. out in the woods. Someone's cooking up a little campfire. Hey, we're roasting hot dogs. Does he like? Oh, <laughs> get me somewhere else. It's like all these people that are like famous for like one thing, and so everywhere they go, people ask them about that one thing, and they be and they so they start hating it. Yes, they become they uh, uh, turn out to uh, resent that one thing. Yeah. For the fame that it brought them. Pretty yeah. much. Okay. We're not going to spend the whole show talking about hot dogs. Yeah, we are. And rodeos. Uh, we got a lot more to get through. Um, as we said, we're going to get to number seven on our list. Who is that? Uh, do you like his uh, placement? Do you think he should be higher or lower? We'd love to get your thoughts on uh, uh, a couple different things that are out there today um, on you know, kind of predicting the state, the future state of the NBA. But before we get into that, um, you heard it at the top of the hour, and uh, it's been news for a good part of the day, but the NBA is going to retire the jer- the number six jersey in honor of Bill Russell, who passed away here recently. 
this isn't the first professional sports league to retire a jersey league-wide. It's happened in Major League Baseball with Jackie Robinson. It happened in the NHL with Wayne Gretzky. Interestingly enough, who is still alive. They didn't do it posthumously, which stands apart from what the NBA is doing now and what Major League Baseball did with uh, Robinson. But the NBA today saying nobody else can wear number six. If you are currently wearing number six, you may continue, but no one in the future will be able to select six as your jersey number. Yeah, I can only think of one current NBA player wearing number six, and that's LeBron. Uh, obviously, he's gone back and forth between six and 23 uh, for pretty much all of his career. The only guy wearing number six on the Jazz I can remember is Jamal Tinsley. Um, I'm, I don't think that number's been worn by a lot of great Jazz players. No. I, I, I saw a list of players currently using the number six, and the one for the Utah Jazz, I didn't even know who that guy was. They are currently wearing it for the Jazz? Yeah, there's... Who is it? I, I don't have it in front of me. I couldn't even repeat back who it is. I say I can remember most players on the Jazz roster. Uh, somebody I really didn't recognize. I don't think anybody last year wore it that I can think of. I'm, I'm, I'm stalling while I go look it up. So that's, <laughs> that's where the awkward silence is coming from. Um, yeah, oh, I, I saw somewhere the... Um, let's see... I'll have to go back and do a search. I think I saw it on the Twitter. We'll go back and find it. But besides that, just the, is that the right thing to do to honor and recognize the legacy of Bill Russell? And, and, and if the NBA is going to retire a number that nobody else should wear, is he the guy? Is he the guy to, to recognize for that? And it's a very rare thing to have done in professional sports. Now, teams will do it, individual teams will do it to recognize a legacy of a specific player in that team's history, but league-wide, a very rare thing to have done. And is that the right thing to do? Is that the appropriate uh, way of honoring the legacy and, uh, and tremendous career of Bill Russell? Yeah, so by the way, I did look it up. Nikhil Alexander-Walker he is the guy who's wearing it for the Jazz. Oh, he was the guy okay. they traded for halfway through the season. I must have saw something different. Yeah, so that's why I didn't remember. Because, I do recognize that name. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't uh, remember. Maybe it's changed. Although I think he's still on the team. Um, but yeah, I didn't remember his number because I didn't. He didn't play very much, and since it was halfway through the season, I, uh, I hadn't really thought of it. There were, I believe, it looks like there's 25 players who are listed as wearing number six last year. Um, won't go through the whole list, but because anyway, uh, I want to get to your point, because um, you know I had that same thought when when you told me uh, about this, because I actually hadn't heard of it. I somehow missed the news. Um, it even though I like listened to the radio in the morning, I guess the news came out after I'd stopped listening to it. Yeah. Um, because I thought, well, is Bill Russell really that kind of guy? Because with Jackie Robinson, there is just such an enormous level of importance um you know his impact in sports um even though i don't think he was the first black athlete to play in a major league i think the nfl or nba might have had the first actual black athletes if i remember correctly 
But with baseball just being America's pastime and so much bigger than the NFL and, and NBA and ABA back then, um, I don't even know if the NBA or ABA even existed at that point. Um, but yeah, it, it was just such a huge, momentous occasion. And so it was very deserving. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, you know, with, with the NHL, he is such the clearly, absolutely undisputed greatest of all time in hockey. It's to an absurd level. No other sport has that level of undisputed goat. You know, not NBA, not NFL, not Major League Baseball. NBA is the closest with, like, Michael Jordan, but he's getting challenged by LeBron. Wayne Gretzky, it's no contest. Unless you want to have some kind of hot take. But Bill Russell, I don't know if he really fulfills either of those, you know, kind of conditions. I mean, yes, he is pretty much the winningest player in terms of championships and things like that. And he does occupy a level of importance in social justice. True. And I'm a little too young to really appreciate that. Um, so maybe I'm just missing something there. And I can admit I may have a shortcoming in that where I, I can't fully appreciate um, maybe what Bill Russell contributed and I just missed it because I'm about 40 years too young. So my thought is I have no complaints with it. It's not that big a deal to me. But it doesn't feel like it's on the same level as a Jackie Robinson or, or even a Wayne Gretzky. Uh, here's what NBA Commissioner Adam Silver <coughs> said in a statement from the NBA. Uh, Bill Russell's unparalleled success on the court and pioneering civil rights activism deserve to be honored in a unique and historic way. Permanently retiring his number six across every NBA team ensures that Bill's transcendent career will always be recognized. Close quote. So besides just retiring the the number league-wide for this upcoming season, all NBA players will wear a commemorative patch on the right shoulder of their jerseys, and every court will display a shamrock-shaped logo with Russell's number six on the sideline near the scorer's table. So I'm sure Boston appreciates all the free publicity that the NBA is Yeah, I feel like they're going a little far with that. We're going to have a Bill Russell day, too? Again, like, his legacy is really important to the NBA, to civil rights. And he does kind of get forgotten in a way, especially among my generation, where we think of him, oh, yeah, he was that really good defensive center that won 11 titles and had a bajillion rebounds and uh, was like the one rival to Wilt Chamberlain and invested him on a lot of occasions, not so much in scoring, but usually in just beating him. Right. Um, so, again, maybe I'm underestimating him, but I feel like we're going a little far with well, the, that at least. The NBA uh, named its... Um, Are they going to change it, the logo it's, too? It's Finals MVP. See, that's just fine. Right, named after him starting in 2009. Boston Celtics, they're going to do a separate and unique recognition on their uniforms. Yeah, which makes tons of sense. Sure. He's I, their guy. I guess I just don't... I, I, I appreciate league-wide saying, okay, nobody can use the, the number. No one can use his jersey. Well, it's, we can celebrate his legacy, but shamrock-shaped logo with his number six on the sideline for every team? So do you do that in place of putting his number in your rafters? 
I don't think you'd put your number in your rafters, but you just nobody can use the, the jersey number. Yeah, it's just... It was kind of like a lot of the, the push people made, you know, when Kobe died. They're talking about, oh, change the logo or retire 24 uh, and um, 8 and, and things like that. People were, like, going way overboard with, you know, obviously when somebody dies, you, you really begin to reminisce and you look back and you end up wanting to do something. And this feels like they're acting on that impulse, which usually you try not to because you don't want to act on those emotional impulses that you have. Because then you may regret it later with, oh, yeah, the 29 teams who don't particularly really care that much about Bill Russell other than genuinely respecting his legacy, you don't need to put a number six with a Shamrock logo next to the Jazz scorers table because he means very little to this franchise. Again, other than the fact that we respect that he was a great player. Right, there, there's, I don't want to say half, but there's a good number of teams in the NBA today that were not in existence when he even played. Yeah, I think the Jazz are included in that. Maybe the tail end of Russell, because it was like 50s, 60s, and the Jazz were like 78, I think. Uh, 0366 on our full-court press text line. Did you really just say that Michael Jordan's talent is being equaled by LeBron James? Tell Jordan, me, t- Jordan would destroy LeBron any given day of the week. Tell me you're older than 45 without telling me you're older than 45. <laughs> um, I'm not getting into that debate. I'm sorry. Like, to, to say that, that LeBron James isn't challenging Michael Jordan, that that's just a little short-sighted. If you're saying, I will never take anyone seriously who says Jordan would destroy LeBron or vice versa, I will never take either of those people seriously, ever. Because it's, I can't, I'm, I'm biting my tongue because I don't want to be insulting <laughs> and I don't want to be demeaning. But I just can't take that kind of argument seriously. I don't mean to personally insult you, 0366. I'm sorry. I just can't take that kind of argument seriously because it is dumb. You cannot tell me that Jordan would destroy LeBron. Would he beat him? I would certainly not argue against it. I wouldn't have that big of a problem if you said he would beat him. And I wouldn't have much of a problem if you said the other way around. And you, then you can get to the, oh, would he beat him in a one-on-one game or, you know, a team game? And then you're really just splitting hairs that don't need to be split. So, I don't know. In different eras, it's hard to compare. Yeah, you, you can't. It's, it's so hard to do, and it's usually pointless. But when you consider uh, the, how many uh, NBA finals LeBron has gotten various different teams Two, how many times he's he's been able to get there with very different iterations of talent around him? You have to have him in the conversation. Yeah, there's there are great arguments for either, either Jordan or LeBron. I've heard them all. I've thought them all through in my head. I've just stopped trying to come to a definitive decision because I don't really care that much. Well, it's tough, too, when you got one who's still playing – and we're watching him today versus yeah. somebody who's been out of the game for over 20 years. Yeah, and especially since I didn't really get to really see Michael Jordan. Again, a little too young for that. Uh, but to the to the point of the, the story, though, I, I, I appreciate what the NBA is doing here in recognizing Bill Russell, uh, his impact in the game, his impact off the court, uh, transcending the sport, uh, and uh, in, in doing a lot of different things to help uh, the community. 
and uh, our country uh, overall. Absolutely worth recognizing and honoring. Um, it, I don't know. It may just a little weird thing with just this season with the shamrock-shaped logo with number six on it. Yeah, if for every team. That's not going to be permanent, right? It shouldn't be. I think it's just for every, just this season. If it's not permanent, then I have a lot less of a problem with it. I agree. Because, um, you know, when a great legend like that dies, that's there's an acceptable level of that where other teams can can honor them in their own way. But yeah, it's, it, it just does feel like the NBA is going a little far with this. Because it's, it's PR. That's the big problem with this is it's, you know, there's some genuine respect for them, but so much of this ends up being PR, and they want to look good, and they want to have stories for the TV cameras to point at, and, and things like that. And it just ends up not feeling genuine in so many ways. That, that's why some of this can be frustrating. Uh, Major League Baseball permanently retired number 42 in 1997 for Jackie Robinson. For some reason, I thought that was earlier than that. Yeah, Robinson died a while before then, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Uh, And then uh, NHL, they retired number 99 when Wayne Gretzky retired in 1999. They were probably jumping on the Jackie Robinson train. (laughs) Yeah, probably a little, maybe a little early to have done that, but. Yeah, well, still, when you have a a guy who had 28,000 or sorry, 2,800 points, and the next closest guy on the leaderboard has 1,900. That's why I say you have a bit of an undisputed goat here. Yes. So, uh, anyway, nice. Rec- I think it's a nice recognition for the NBA. It's a rare instance for something to be done on that level. And uh, if an NBA player is currently using the number six, they may continue. But uh, after the season, no new jerseys with the number six, will be distributed throughout the NBA. Uh, Coming up next here on the Full Court Press, number seven on our list of top 25 Aggies. Who is it? And uh, appropriately ranked? Because now we're getting to the top 25. We're really getting to the nitty-gritty of the impact of these players. Love to get your thoughts as we reveal that coming up in about uh, three and a half minutes from now. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. We've been talking a lot about them here on the program, and uh, they can get you in and out quickly, get your vehicles oil changed uh, quickly and professionally, and uh, make sure you do it. If if your vehicle is due for an oil change, make sure you get it done at Valvoline Instant Oil Change because that hotter weather, which we're still experiencing, can be tough on your vehicle. They have Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life Oil, which are better suited for this time of year. So they'll get you back out on the road fast. It's what they do. They do it well at Valvoline Instant Oil Change at 695 North Main in Logan. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the Fireplace Retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advanced Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancedfireplaceandstove.com. 
Hi, this is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. At White Pine, we value compassion, integrity, and service. We are committed to serving you and treating your family as our family. We will be here when you need us most to listen, to help, and to provide exactly what your circumstances require. At White Pine, we promise to dedicate our time and attention to you and your family. We invite you to come by and meet us. We're confident you'll feel a difference. This is The Herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has now become the most underrated player in the NFL. By a mile. Colin, he can't stay healthy. So let's attack that narrative. He played 15 of 17 games this year. 15 of 17. Plus three playoff games. This is The Herd. With Colin Cowherd. Wow. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio. 106.9 FM. 1390 AM. The Fan. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. Don't forget to uh, preview for the upcoming Region 11 high school football season available on CashValleyDaily.com. Little uh, snapshots for each team, quotes from the coaches, and you can go back and listen to the interviews that Jason and I were able to do uh, with the coaches over the past week and a half or so to preview their teams and their upcoming seasons. Uh, each interview was uh, pretty close about the same amount of time, 12 to 15 minutes. So it's not a lot of time, but um, it, it was fun talking to the coaches and getting their sense of uh, this region, their non-region schedule, their teams, uh, just building off of last year or starting something fresh or new. So go back and check that out. You can see it all in one place, cashvalleydaily.com. Uh, Jason's, uh, you put that together to preview the season, which begins tomorrow night. And fingers crossed we don't have lightning delays. Uh, it was a heck of a storm that rolled through last night, but um, hopefully everything goes okay for our crew uh, for various different locations calling these games. So it's going to be a fun night tomorrow night. A little later on in the show, we'll do a, uh, a reminder about who's playing where and how you can follow along. But uh, that's coming up. The start of high school football, it's here. Yay! It's here. Uh, so one of the other things that's coming up soon is Utah State football. We've got the Family Fun Day, the scrimmage coming up Saturday at 1 o'clock at, on uh, Merlin Olson Field. And as uh, we've been having a fun time counting down the days before Utah State kicks off their football season, we've been counting down the top players for Utah State football. And now we're to number seven on our list to introduce who it is. Hall of Famer Al Lewis. Number seven on our Cash Valley Media Group's list of the top 25 Aggie football players for this year, Pale Motua Powaka, the defensive lineman, who no doubt has already made a big name for himself in the world fire knife competition. He's the men's division champion three times. 
out of Punahou High School in Honolulu, Hawaii. 6'1", 280 pounds. Now, all of a sudden, 14 starts last year, and he was involved in two and a half sacks and eight tackles for a loss, and a big part of the defensive front was terrific down the stretch when Utah State's defense started to make big, big plays. One of the real leaders over on the defensive side, and we're looking forward for a big year on the defensive front for Hale Motuapawaka, who is number seven on our list. There he is, Hale Motuapawaka, fire knife champion, and a great presence on that defensive front for Utah State. But you have to be pretty good with your hands if you're swinging around fire knives, and that uh, handwork comes in very handy when he's on the defensive line uh, repositioning offensive players and creating a push and a presence up front I was mentioning this to you the other day whenever I went up to practices last year and it's going on it's happening again this year whenever I go up to do post practice interviews I almost always always see Halle taking off his pads, taking off his jersey. He's shirtless, and he's like no one else is around, and he's going through drills alone, moving his hands, footwork, and he's always working on stuff alone. And I can't tell you how many times I've been up to do a post-practice interview, and I can always point out Halle, shirtless, somewhere off, doing his own thing, putting in the time to be a better player. And we really saw that continue to progress as the season went on last year. And why a lot of us have a lot of high expectations of what he can do and the impact he can have coming into this year. Yeah, I'll be honest. The first time I was really exposed to Holly was I was actually it was back in 2019. I was looking back and I was rewatching the Boise State game. They lost like 21-56. Um, I think is what my notes say. Uh, not a very good game. And so there weren't a whole lot of players who did very well, especially on defense. You know, you put up or give up 56 points. Now I was looking at the defensive line, like, all right, which players are getting blown the heck up and allowing all these yards. And then kind of later in the game, because Holly was a redshirt freshman that season. So it's kind of later in the game he got put in. I began noticing there was this one guy who was doing very well. He was stuffing his guy and just much more impressive than all of the other guys, some of whom I think ended up making like all conference teams at some point in their career. I think there's one guy on that who'd maybe made it in like 2018 or was like a preseason um, all-conference guy on some teams. And Holly was like upstaging them. I was like, huh, that's interesting. This guy looks really good. And it, it may have been against some backups, but it was kind of then where I was like, I'm going to keep an eye on this guy. And then sure enough, next few years, he's rising up the ranks and, and starting. I was like, yeah, I expected that. Because, you know, I saw him all the way back then dominating as a redshirt freshman in, in some limited snaps. And now... He's the leader on the interior defensive line, arguably one of the leaders of just the defense overall. He's obviously going to be a big part, you know, of the you know the run stuffing and even the pass rush to a degree. You know, creating havoc on the interior offensive line. Yeah, the, the senior. He's six foot one, uh, two hundred eighty pounds. He's been with Utah State for a couple of seasons now, uh, and just uh, it, looking at how one of the things that I looked at. For some of those guys, like how do they perform at the tail end of of last season, especially guys that we knew were coming back? But did they show an ability to grasp the defense, continue to get better, and really impact the game? And Holly definitely is one of those guys that 
appear to be getting better and better as the season went on. Um, and just his presence on that interior frees up what some of those other guys can do on the edges. There's going to be guys who are going to get more tackles than Halle. There's going to be guys who maybe get more tackles for loss than Halle. But when you've got an interior lineman who was credited for eight tackles for loss, I mean, it's great when your your guys up front are the ones that are making that push and making those uh, th- those tackles behind the line and making these the disruptive for what an offense is trying to do. Yeah, when your defensive tackles are actually making tackles, that is amazing because it means you're getting usually tackles for loss or very short gains. Because usually if you're a defensive tackle, especially in that one technique where you're lining up over, like between center and guard, you're not designed to get tackles. You're not designed to make plays. You're designed to set up other players to make plays. You're designed to set up the linebackers, you know, suck up blockers, and like I said, sometimes help the uh, defensive ends. You know, keep the, you know, when, when you get double teamed, you're trying to make them, make both of those guys keep blocking you so that the second lineman can't push off and then go up and get a linebacker because that frees up the linebacker to stop the running back for a short gain. See, so yeah, Holly only gets, you know, 26 tackles. Typical for, uh, you know, a decent defensive tackle. The eight tackles for loss is actually really impressive because usually that's defensive ends, maybe a few linebackers on blitzes. Only good defensive tackles are really racking up TFLs. Yeah, so I, I really like Hale Motuapawaka. Big personality, fun, fun personal, person to be around. Uh, he's been able to do a few things in the community to, uh, to, to highlight his extracurricular <laughs> activities, which are fun. You that, said that almost as if it was a bad thing. It's like, it's his extracurriculars, <laughs> his really cool ones. Yeah. Um, I, I actually had Halle at number 10, so um, I may have put him a little bit lower than some others that we had on our list here, but he comes in at number 7 on our composite uh, list of top 25 Aggies for this upcoming season. See, I had him at 4. Ooh. So, uh... I kind of made up for your lack of faith <laughs> in Holly because I, I really like him. I really like him on the interior uh, defensive line. Uh, do you agree or disagree? Should he be higher or lower on our list? 435-339-0321. Chime in on our full court press. Uh, top 25 Aggies of 2022. Uh, 0366 with a comment about basketball in the NBA. We'll get to that coming up on the other side of this timeout. Uh, but you, uh, if you want to chime in about that topic, uh, feel free. We'll get into uh, projected win totals that are now out from various different betting outlets. What are they predicting for the Utah Jazz and other teams, even though there's still some question about who's going where and how things are still unsettled in the NBA? That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. 
Did you know that we have the largest appliance parts inventory in northern Utah and southern Idaho? If you're a handy person and need a part to finish your repair, chances are we have that part in stock and at a competitive price. Hi, I'm Jeff, a manager here at Daryl's, your one-stop appliance shop for sales, service, and parts. Serving all of northern Utah and southern Idaho for over 52 years, Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 on weekdays and 5 p.m. on Saturdays. For the second year in a row, Advanced Heating and AC is honored to be named Gold Medalist for Best of Northern Utah in the AC and HVAC category. They thank you for your support and vote of confidence in their company. You have many choices when it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning system. Make sure you choose the gold medal winning company, Advanced Heating and AC. Call 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI online at advanceheating-ac.com. This, keep it on the download here, is the Dan Patrick Show. Debo Samuel, there's nobody like Debo Samuel in the NFL. You know, if I'm Seattle, I would try to create a Debo Samuel 2.0 with DK Metcalf. I would get him incorporated in the offense a little bit more, not just as somebody catching passes, but line him up in the backfield. Let him do what Debo does. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Halei Motuapuaka, number seven on our list, the defensive tackle for Utah State. Uh, also, <coughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers earlier today sharing a little highlight in their uh, play of the day. Their highlight of the day was a great series of moves by Devin Tompkins pulling down a great pass. Yeah, I just saw that. Very cool. USU Football shared that. For those who didn't see it, I also Retweeted it. Uh, he will play this weekend. Well, Tampa Bay will play this weekend. I assume he'll play. And I would assume that Devin would play for Tampa. I would assume that Derek Wright gets some opportunities for Carolina. They have to, especially because a lot of the starters aren't playing. Fingers crossed. I, I bet they It should. They I should. bet they will. I mean, I, that's what these, these preseason games are for. I bet they're going to play most of the second half. Or at least be in the rotation most of the second half. They don't necessarily be on the field every play. Just with the nature of the wide receiver position. Yes. So Tampa, they play... Uh, I have to go back over this. They play... Uh, actually, Saturday, 5.30 against the Dolphins. In Tampa. And the uh, the Panthers are at the Commanders. They play earlier in the day. That's at 11. But they both play on Saturday. Jordan Love, he has been named as the starter for their game against the 49ers, which will take place tomorrow night. And uh, that'll be on the NFL Network for those who want to try to tune in. I don't see that the the Panthers or the Buccaneers game is on any kind of a national network. Yeah, a lot of these aren't. Um, maybe a couple of them are. 
But I think you can watch them all pretty much for free. I think NF the NFL offers like a free trial to their league pass or whatever they call it. Um, so I think you can watch pretty much every preseason game for free. If you care to. Yeah, right. <laughs> huh. Check in to see how uh, LeBron – not LeBron. Yeah, LeBron is playing text. for the Browns. Yes. He would be – See how Jordan <laughs> Love does. I was reading our text from 0366. Sorry I pushed your LeBron button. I did not mean to do that. Let me rephrase my comment. I believe that Michael Jordan was a far more talented basketball player than LeBron James. I believe that Michael Jordan has so much more character than LeBron James. If there is a goat in the NBA, I believe it is Michael Jordan. P.S. I am not a Jordan fan, even though I did watch him for his entire career. I wouldn't so much call it my LeBron button as my LeBron James versus Michael Jordan debate button. <laughs> but if you wanted to shorten it to LeBron button, that's fine. I don't have much of a problem with that because you did you did push a button. It happened. I got triggered. <laughs> um, uh, as far as him being more talented, I mean, I I, I guess I, I disagree with that. But I also um, am missing half of the equation for my calculation, which is why during the break I was continuing to rant about this because again I was triggered. <laughs> yeah, we got you, Jason. Going. <laughs> but it was it was like. You know, I haven't come to a definitive conclusion because I don't think I can. Um, so from what I've seen of Michael Jordan, a lot of its highlights and other people's opinions and things like that, to me it seems like the talent is different because LeBron James has some more skills than Michael Jordan did as far as, you know, especially passing. Not that Michael's a bad passer, but LeBron James, some of his other skills, I think, a little better. He's also... I mean, he's still almost as athletic as Michael Jordan was. Um, not quite, but, I mean, at 6'8 and, like, 270, somewhere between 260 and 280 pounds, was still incredibly fast, able to jump. Michael was obviously a little more fluid and fast and quick, but he was also a little lighter and smaller. Um, but obviously still spectacularly gifted. Both are spectacularly gifted. You're, they're off the charts, both of them. And the fact that they're both able to harness that, because there are other people who are just as athletic as LeBron James and Michael Jordan in ways. But they didn't have the skills and a lot of the other things to put it together. Which is why those two are so special, is because they had those gifts and they capitalized on them through, you know, just being competitive and being really hard workers. Right, and that, that's, you know, they they dedicate, dedicate a lot of, of their time on honing their craft in the locker room um, and uh, in the weight room, I should say, and uh, you know, just trying to become better. For those who watched um, uh, The Last Dance, you know, Michael Jordan was getting pushed around by the Detroit Pistons Then spent extra time in the weight room, put on a lot more weight on his frame so he would not just get pushed around, but so he could push other people around. Yeah, so they, they, they both got better. Michael Jordan's work ethic is legendary. And it's kind of the same way for LeBron. Um, I do agree that Michael Jordan has a lot more character than LeBron. LeBron sometimes is a plank of wood. He's not he's not nearly <laughs> as exciting. He's exciting on the court, but like, you know, he's very much a PR guy. Yes. Michael Jordan a lot less so. But Michael Jordan could get away with it. LeBron can't. Yeah, it wasn't Le- Michael Jordan who famously said, Well, People wanted him to stand up and speak out on, on certain issues. And he said, well, 
Republicans buy shoes, tennis shoes too. They buy sneakers too. <laughs> yeah. Is that what Jordan definitely Brand different, is? Well? Definitely different tactic from uh, LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of the NBA, we don't want to dwell on this topic because that's not <laughs> it's not part of the uh, the show prep for the day. But speaking, it's a low-hanging fruit. You always got to talk LeBron <laughs> against Jordan. I know. Invariably, it comes up uh, at some point. Um, but the NBA uh, win totals, projected win totals for this upcoming season. Uh, recent story by ESPN, because uh, Caesars Sportsbook put theirs together, projecting uh, the, uh, the win totals for each team in the NBA. Interestingly enough, Boston Celtics, number one at 54.5 wins. The Golden State Warriors at number four. Well, technically tied for number three with the Milwaukee Bucks, both at 52.5. For the Utah Jazz. See, one thing I'm learning about Jason Walker is that he's incredibly good <laughs> at guessing. Not just pick six. The other day, we did a recorded interview, and uh, I, I had the numbers, the time right in front of me. And he said, how long How long was it? Was it like 12, 13? And I just get this look on my face, and he comes around, and it was exactly 12 minutes and 13 seconds. Yeah. That one was a little accidental, because I was going to say 12 to 13 minutes, but I forgot to say minutes. So, so I just cut off, and so I looked like an absolute genius, a savant. So before I showed him the projected win totals for the Utah Jazz, like, well, what do you think it is? Oh, I don't know, 32 and a half? Yeah, it turns out it's 32 and a half. Yeah, that one was on purpose. I was actually guessing. I was like, because that was the first thing I thought. I was like, that's somewhere in the low 30s, 32 and a half. Right on. <laughs> This is why I'm pick six this week. <laughs> this is why I'm pick six <laughs> champion, like like two months running. <laughs> I know. So um, certainly not a lot of love for the Utah Jazz. Understandably. Uh, the director, assistant director of trading for Caesars Sportsbook, Adam Pullen, he told ESPN, one thing I'm not high on is predicting where players are going. If Durant or Irving get traded, then we have to adjust to the news. So that's the thing that's interesting about this list is Durant could move, Irving could move, Westbrook, Mitchell. There's still a number of you know, all-stars who could be on the move before the NBA season gets underway next year. Yeah, and these win totals would then change. Obviously, you can bet on the now, and if you do, then it's this win total you're betting against. So if you want to bet the under on the, on the Nets, 45.5, and, and Durant leaves and Kyrie leaves, then you're probably sitting pretty. But that's kind of part of the equation. It's like, okay, do you think they're leaving? Which is kind of interesting because you look at the Jazz, 32 and a half, with Mitchell and Conley and Boyan still hanging around. I think they can beat that. Lakers last year won 33 games. And they had LeBron and AD for some of that. <laughs> and Westbrook. So, you know... It feels like this win total is almost projecting Mitchell leaving, which actually I think Caesars, they released odds on um, where Donovan Mitchell was going to end up, among other things. He also did one of those for Kevin Durant. And I think the favorite, like favorite, was that he would start the season with the Knicks, which is 
actually really odd because usually every time there's a, you know, where will this player end up, the favorite is pretty much always the team he's currently with. But for the Jazz, apparently the favorite is the Knicks, which is which is actually kind of incredible. It's still out there. Uh, so Caesar Sportsbook has the Jazz at 32 and a half. Uh, another uh, outlet looking at, uh, at DraftKings, they've got the Jazz at 31 and a half. It's even worse. It's even worse. But oddly enough, looking at um, FanDuel, they have odds for who. Um, now this was this is a little bit dated. This is as of uh, end to mid of mid to end of June. They haven't really updated anything since then, but they had odds for who they thought would be in the NBA Finals. Golden State was number one. Boston was number two. They had the Jazz at number thirteen. I guess that was before Gobert was out. Yeah, so things have drastically changed in the NBA. Yeah, it seemed like right after the finals, Boston was kind of placed at the top as the favorite to not just get back to the finals, but win the finals, which is interesting, especially considering Golden State still around. I'm pretty sure basically everyone's sticking around. I can't think of any of their major players that are leaving or getting worse. Maybe there's a bit of a step back from Curry or Thompson or, well, probably Draymond might be taking a step back, you know, with age being the factor with all those guys. But, you know, they still got Wiggins, Poole. Wiseman's still around, could end up coming back and being better. Why not them? Especially with the finals experience they have and, you know, coming back. Whereas the Celtics wouldn't surprise me too much if they had a letdown season. Um, you know, still being really young. Uh, you know, what happened to the Suns? They had a letdown season after losing the finals. Yeah, true. The only reason, probably the only reason the Bucks didn't make it back is they, uh, Chris Middleton got injured. Otherwise, they probably would have been back in the finals. Could have been repeat champions. So it is interesting that Boston's getting all of this love when, like, do they really deserve it? I mean, they deserve to be near the top. At the top? I don't know. Uh, by the way, I, in another spot on their site, uh, FanDuel does have the Utah Jazz projected win total at 31.5. Pretty similar. So yeah. 31.5, 32.5. Seems like Caesars is the most optimistic by one whole game. <laughs> Which, yeah, it, it's, it, that seems to be around the win total, I'd guess, without Mitchell. Although if it's without Mitchell, I'd probably lean under. And to be honest... If I was a betting man on this, I would probably bet the under anyway, even if Mitchell stays, because I think he's going to miss a suspiciously high number of games for uh, injuries and rest. Soft tissue. Yeah, a lot injury. of you know. Oh, I, oh, I my, my minorly pulled my hammy. Oh, I guess I'm out for 27 games. And, oh, I rolled my ankle. I'm out for 10 games. I need to make sure I'm 100 percent before I come back. You know, like. So he might end up playing like 20-something games. And so the Jazz end up, you know, winning only like 25 games. Uh, more to discuss with that uh, on the other side of this break. Well, there's also a report, um, an ESPN article talking about projecting. 
a group of five coaches in college football who, with more success, could be likely candidates to leave and go to more prestigious programs. A number of Mountain West coaches on that list. Is Blake Anderson there? Who else is there? We'll discuss that coming up next on the Full Court Press. This is Ryan, my mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At my mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into my mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into my mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to cachevalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. SC Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. People from St. George to Rexburg drive to Logan to shop Utah's oldest jewelry store. And one major reason is price. When diamonds are compared up and down the Wasatch Front, SC Needham's is as low or lower than any store in the state. We compete with any 50 to 70% off sales, student discounts, or so-called wholesale prices. So when it's time for an engagement ring, come to the store where Utah gets engaged. Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. SC Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Napa Auto Parts. They stay stocked up in all the things that you need. They've got five locations between Preston and Providence, so it's you don't have to go very far to find what you need. Napa Auto Parts, and they sponsor Dan Patrick above the noise coming up here in about two minutes. So the discussion about um, college football coaches, we'll push that into the next hour. Keep listening for that to see who's on the list. Uh, other Mountain West coaches, is Blake Anderson on the list? Um, but just kind of wrapping up this projected win total for next year, it is kind of interesting some of the teams that really aren't getting much of a bump while others are, uh, the Lakers, uh, 45 and a half in that neighborhood. Yeah, 44 and a half with the Caesars when I obviously don't have FanDuel or DraftKings in front of me, what they have. But 33 wins last season. They really must be assuming AD and LeBron James play most of the games, which is a dangerous bet to make considering that I think between the two of them, they've played 60 games like once or twice in the last two seasons. Uh, they've not. They don't have a good record of health the last four years, and you're expecting them to win 12 more games. Like that's the over under. 12 more games. I don't. I don't see it. It's a big ask. Yeah. They really haven't reshaped their roster that much. Yeah, it's just the same thing. New coach, but it's the Lakers. They have to put it high because it's the Lakers. They're sucking in a bunch of LA betters. Uh, the other one that stuck out to me that I just mentioned you off the air was the Timberwolves. They win 46 games last year. Add Rudy Gobert, still have pretty much all their core star players who are getting better because some of them are young, Anthony Edwards. 48 and a half wins from Caesars. I guess Rudy Gobert's worth two and a half games. 
Okay. See if it's a good idea to slap the Stifle Tower right in the face. <laughs> See how that goes for you. Uh, Clippers, 52, 53 and a half, depending on where you look. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard coming a back. Healthy you know. Kawhi, healthy Paul George. Yeah, it could be a very dangerous team. All right, stick around. Coming up next hour, we'll get into more Utah State football talk and pick six. Bill. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The FedEx Cup officially kicks off today. PGA Tour event isn't like other tournaments. The tournament will feature around 125 golfers. will take place over three different events from today until the end of August. The tournament will be decided by a point system, with the leaders in FedEx points being granted stroke advantages due to their play throughout the year. But just because a player is given a significant stroke advantage doesn't mean that the golfer is a shoe-in for the $18 million first-place prize. In 2014, Team Billy Horschel was crowned champ after starting the tournament outside the top 30. 2011, Bill Haas won in a playoff after starting the week ranked 25th in the standings. A lot can change over the next three tournaments, so although Scotty Scheffler and Cam Smith start the month with a more than seven-stroke advantage, I wouldn't count out the rest of the field because if history is any indication, there very well could be a surprise competitor at the end of this month. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.